Welcome, welcome to another episode of TK's A Brigade. I am your host, TK. Again, along with my very good best friend, Mr. Chris, a.k.a. Doughboy. That's me. Hello. Welcome back. See, people, he's getting used to the mic. He's not so scared of the mic anymore, which is nice. All right, so we are talking about our friendship starting in March of 1995. Actually, it was April, at the beginning of April 1995, which was, to this day, is 26 years ago. And we have been talking about everything... From 95 up until the end of this summer in 97, all of the content that has happened up until then have been already crazy. Can we agree on that? Yes. I wouldn't say crazy. Uh, Maybe to some people crazy, but to us, normal life. Right. Okay. So to Chris, normal. To me, you know, I grew up in a a really strict Christian home that uh, the stuff that I started doing when I came to Colorado, man, was... Oh, have mercy. And so, yeah. So I'm living in Milliken, summer of 97. I decide that I just need to be back closer to fam uh, and more people that I knew. So I decided to move back to Fort Collins. At the time that I moved back, my mom, my sister, my brothers were all living in an apartment off of Swallow in the May. I know you remember that apartment. Swallow. That was a... uh, that was a very, um, very busy apartment. So September time, starting to get fall. This was the year the Broncos won the Super Bowl. And I remember towards the end of September, I had not yet gotten my license. However, my brother had just left for the Navy and he left me with his Dodge Lancer ES five-speed transmissions, turbo sunroof car and said here you can have it i'm going to the navy i don't need it anymore you can have it and so i'm living with my mom i'm doing odd jobs i started working for a bagel company delivering and baking bagels in the morning oh i forgot about that one night one of our mutual friends uh mr casey do you remember casey um from yes So Troy and Casey had gotten an apartment and lived together for roughly a year and a half. And then Casey, um, well, Troy, since Troy was leaving for the Navy, then they they moved out and they weren't living together. So Casey came and started living with us at the LeMay and Swallow house. And then uh, a former roommate of mine at the Camelot house, uh, Jamie Lucasi, who had been living in Loveland with uh, a good friend, Jay Morrison, and his sister and his girlfriend, Shannon, and their parents, um, he got kicked out of that that house. And so he had to find a place to live. So we said, hey, come and live with us. You know, you you can help pay rent and bills and you can come sleep on the couch. So he came and moved in. And so one night... Uh, We were all fiending for some drugs. Now, I know that you of all people, and I don't say this in a bad way, but you of all people know that during that time, we were just free fall on drugs. Oh, absolutely. I think we were all trying pretty much with some limits, but pretty much any drug that we were offered, we were trying. I mean, that's not wrong. So. Anything. So. We get a tip from somebody that this guy's got some of the best meth, some crystal meth in in Fort Collins. He's a huge dealer. And mind you, how old Uh, were we? I had just turned 18 in September. 18, 19-year-olds being crazy. 
That's a good way to put it. I remember that time, 97, FOCO, living in the fort. The gang activity in Fort Collins was really starting to pick up and getting crazy around there. Uh, actually, not just Fort Collins, but Greeley and Denver. There was a lot of gang activity. People were getting shot and killed um, in that time. And so, you know, it was, it was still, you know, it was pretty crazy in that time. But we were on the hunt for some good drugs because we were just being stupid at the time. We get a, a tip from somebody we worked with at Perkins because Jamie and I were cooking along with Matt Garcia. We were cooks at the Perkins on Fort, um, right there on College in Fort Collins. Anyways, we get a tip. This guy's got some really good mess. So we take a trip over to his apartment over there by College right off of Lake. Do you remember the story at all? The store? No, the story about this jack wagon meth oh. dealer. Off a of lake drive? Yeah. Yeah. There was a, he he had this one room apartment, this this tweaker, this meth head. Yeah, I don't you probably don't remember the story. I don't. I don't. Okay. Uh, so quick quick story. We meet this guy at his apartment. He says, Hey, I've got this meth lab in Loveland that I make some of the best meth in Colorado. Uh, I will give you guys an eight ball if you let me use your car to go to Loveland to get us like basically re up his supply of meth come back he'll give us an eight ball um, for letting me use my car i said sure why not stupid me so jamie and and casey and i he gives us a quarter of weed like before he left before he left the apartment loads up takes my car and we sit there in his apartment the entire night and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting and we wait until morning and i'll never forget it because like all three of us are like oh man we just got completely taken for like chumps right and so that was um we were where were we at? we were on lake and college and i lived we all three lived off of uh, lemay and swallow so we didn't have any way home so we started walking and we walked home now everybody found out that this guy basically stole my car and so everybody in our friend like network was looking for this guy so Six days later, um, a mutual friend of ours, Jay, which I've brought up already, he and his girlfriend, Shannon, and Shannon's sister, Megan, had gotten an apartment literally right next door to ours. And so Jay and Shannon decided they were going to move out of Jay's parents' house and move up to Fort Collins. So while they were loading the trucks of um, uh, the moving trucks to move them up, uh, another mutual friend, Sean, right, who is the lead singer, was the lead singer for the band Switchback, um, were in the middle of moving and they saw my car. Do you remember this story? Any of this? I so, don't. I don't. I'm listening very tentatively, though. So, Jay lived right off of First Street in Lovin, which is between Wilson and Namaqua. In a pink house. Namaqua. Uh-huh. Yes. And they're, all, yes. they're in the midst of loading. And, well, everybody knew my car. Everybody knew that I had gotten it stolen. So everybody thought that I had gotten my car back. So they all freak out and they jump out of the trucks. And there's like three of them, Jay and Sean and Shannon, go running to the end of the street because they're like, yeah, Trav got his car back, man. And as they get to the end of the street, this car comes around the corner, around the, uh, the roundabout. And I'll never forget, Sean said, I'm watching your car come around the roundabout, looking at the driver going, that's not tiny. And it's this tweaker that stole my car. And so Sean goes and jumps on the hood of the car. As the guy's coming around the the, cultis, or the, the roundabout in the street, 
Now, granted, he was only going like five miles an hour. So Sean jumps on the car, tells the guy, you know, stop, get out. Guy, you know, throws it into like second gear and takes off. Sean like rolls off the car. Jay goes running back. They jump into Sean's RX-7. And for the next 45 minutes, they chase this guy all over Loveland. They and the story behind that like was crazy. They they ended up cornering cornering this guy behind the Albersons on 34 and Taft Avenue. Do you remember that Albersons right there in the corner? They they cornered him and he ran up on the wall almost. Um, got around them somehow. Took off. Uh, they. Uh, ended up getting pulled over by a cop. They explained to the cop, that guy stole our car. We're trying to get it back. The guy ditches the car. I get it back. Like a few hours later, I get a call from Stan's auto towing in Loveland. I go down to get it. This guy had lived in the car for six days. There was about two cartons worth of cigarettes in the ashtray and around the ashtray on the floor. There was rotten food on the floor. There was probably three bags of clothing. So this was 97, the end of uh, like September, October time. And I didn't even have a driver's license. I was driving around without a driver's license. So we go back a couple of days later, I get my car back. We go back to this guy's apartment and we are staking it out because I wanted blood. I'll be honest. I know this is probably, you know, not the best uh, admission of, of anything, but I wanted blood. And so we're we're staking this guy out. Well, on the third day that staking this guy out, he pops out of his door. Well, stupid me, I see him and I freak out and I start screaming and pointing at him and he goes running off. So we jump out, we chase him into this, it's like a frat house right there on the corner of Lake and College. I we go chasing him into the house and there's like 25 or 30 rooms. It was like a like a not a brothel, but like you know those rooms to rent kind of a building. And I go chase him in there. We go to his room and this guy has enough ingredients to make like 20, 30 pounds of bathtub tweak. What? Dude. This was one of the dumbest things I could have ever done, right? Red phosphorus and all just all the components to make tweak. So we're like, you know what? Screw this guy. We're going to take all of his ingredients for meth. So we take all of his ingredients, we put it into the back of my car. Keep in mind, I don't have health, I don't have car insurance. I don't have a valid driver's license. <laughs> the clutch and the brakes were starting to go out. I have no money to fix either one. Dude, I'm driving around for two months with this stuff in my car. Dude, had I gotten pulled over and the cops found that I'd, I'd be in prison probably, I might be getting out now. Seriously. Like that was the felony at the time for that for that amount of product. There's no way I could have been like, oh, I don't know. I stole it from some tweaker, right? Driving around in this car with this stuff. So I'm working at Perkins uh, with Matt Garcia. And my mom had gone back to Iowa because a friend of ours back home had given her a 97 Honda Accord. Oh, boy. Come on now. Come on now. You can't get quiet on me now, bro. You can't get quiet on me now. <laughs> so this is the good, the bad, and the ugly of our story. Oh, <laughs> so Lord. I wanted to go to a Bronco game in the midst of all this. Oh, we're, and we're I was right saving up money for it. <laughs> oh, we're doing it right now. 
<laughs> so it's 97. I finally go in November of 97. I go past my driver's license test. I get my driver's license. The same day, it was a Monday night football game. The Denver Broncos meet the Raiders at home, the old mile high. I invite Chris to come along. He didn't have a ticket, but um, a mutual friend of ours, Martin. Do you remember Martin? Um, I don't. Well, I, I bet I do. Tasha's I um, right mom's boyfriend. Head. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah, yes, yeah I do. Martin. Yeah. So I invited Martin to come along. I invited Chris to come along. I said, hey, we're going to take my mom's Honda Accord. He said, cool, let me drive. I've got my license. I know, you know, city driving a lot better than you, which was true. And so I said, sure, let's Was let it drive. really true, though? So tell me a little bit about what you remember about that story. Because you had gotten got my license. driver's license when you were 16, and I didn't get mine until I turned 18. So we're on, <laughs> we're down in Denver by now. And we're on federal. Right, so we... Well, hold on. So we get down to here. I want to, I want to paint this picture for the listeners. So I have a ticket. No, I'm sorry. I don't have a ticket. None of us had tickets. That's right. But we were going to go down and scalp tickets. That's right. You remember that? Okay. So we go down to Denver. We get down to uh, Mile High Stadium right at the, like, I think kickoff started. And we thought, oh man, we'll get down there. There'll be scalpers out any, you know, everywhere. And we'll be able to get some tickets. Well, that was not the case. So we're driving around the first quarter and we didn't even have a place to park. And we pull up to this, uh, to like the private parking right around the stadium. And the parking attendant's like, hey, you guys looking for a parking spot? He's like, we're like, yeah. He's like, tell you what, man, just pull over here to this parking lot. I'll just let the chain down. You guys can park here for free. No big deal. You know, I, I know what it's like. We're like, dope. So we get out. Do you remember how we got tickets that night? <laughs> it's been a lot, guys. It's been a lot. Man, you definitely did more drugs than I thought you did. All right, here we are, 97, Monday Night Football. We're at Mile High. We just parked. We got free parking. And so we're we're walking around the stadium looking for scalpers, not finding any, not having any luck. And around halftime, we're right around where, like, the, um, the entrance to the field from, like, the parking lot was. And these, like, army people or military people are coming out. And we're like, hey, can we... Can we buy your stub um, since you're leaving? Can we buy the stub, your ticket stub, so we can go, you know, we'll pay you for it and we can go into the half of the game. And they're like, oh, no, we didn't have to pay for our ticket. Uh, we actually got in for free um, because we were sitting with the band. Uh, here you go. You can have our tickets where we were sitting with the band. And we're like, dope. So we get tickets for free. We get in. We're sitting literally like on the sideline. Do you remember that? I do. Because we were like, we're with the band. <laughs> we're with the band, which is so ironic now. But we're sitting with the band. We're on the sidelines. We're the South Stands area, like South Side, uh, South, uh, yeah, South Stands area. Uh, the Broncos are beating the Raiders. Uh, it's Monday Night Football. We're we're having a ball, and Broncos win. <laughs> and I wanted to go to a strip club. I was eighteen. I was young. I was dumb. I wanted to go see, you know, uh, nude women. So I tell Chris, let's go to this place called, what's the name of the, the place? Is it cheating if I look it up? <laughs> uh, first, first letter of the first name was D. And the, uh, second, the first letter of the second name was D. Yeah, the diamond. Uh, it was the dirty, dirty dance or dandy dance. Oh, oh dandy dance. I should That's what it was. Dandy dance, um, yeah. Dandy Dan's. I did cheat. I looked it up. I know. <laughs> All right. So, wow, it's I'm not federal. Denver. I don't think you were <laughs> okay. either. 
Okay. So you were not really familiar with Denver. I know I was not familiar with Denver. I only been in Colorado a couple of years and I really hadn't really visited Denver. So tell me what you remember. We're driving down Fetter. What do you remember about that specific incident? Specific I remember incident. only the facts. Okay, well, go ahead and share. <laughs> I'm going to claim facts on this. Um, if my, I hope my daughter never listens to this because uh, if she does, oh, have mercy. she'll uh, she'll never let me live it down. Because um, <clears throat> I gave her a really hard time about her first um, car incident. So we're cruising federal. I'm pissed off as per usual because I didn't get my way. Um, and yeah. This, this guy's all wanting to go to Dirty Dan's or Dainty Dan, whatever it's called. And uh, I look over. We're driving down Federal Boulevard going south at a pretty decent speed. I, I don't remember exactly, but it was 40, 50 miles an hour. It was not slow. Um, I remember looking over to my left, and I saw this dude in a sombrero. It was like the biggest sombrero I've ever seen in my life, so I was freaking out. I'd never seen one. Well, I forgot to keep looking at the road like when you're driving. You, you, you look over and you keep peeking to watch traffic as a responsible driver. Uh, not the case. Um, we abruptly were reminded that there's other cars on the road uh, as we went inside of a sob. 900 sob to be exact, right? Yes. We buried inside of that car. And uh, the funny thing about this whole thing is uh, any of you go. know, here we go, Travis. He's not. Uh, he's not a little man. Oh, um, he's a very <laughs> big boned guy. He's he's oh, just yeah. he's just oh, born yeah. with big genetics. He's not fatter, overweight, or anything like that. He just has giant bones and giant hands. Well, he thinks, <laughs> yeah, you know what's coming. <laughs> Come on, just let me hear it. That hear it. Uh, the the little amount of super glue that holds a rear view mirror on a windshield is gonna stop Jeez. him. From smacking the dashboard so he grabs the mirror and it breaks off um i find that funny because you can tap a mirror and it'll break but uh yeah so we we uh went deep in that sob and uh, totaled his mom's car <laughs> wasn't even yes. our car it was his mom's car and i bet you to this day she still hasn't forgiven me for that Oh, no. I, I guarantee we could call her right now on the phone. As a matter of fact, I almost want to call her and ask her if she remembers it. Oh, she does. Uh, the only reason I won't is because, uh, oh, she remembers. She rem Oh, no. She uh, she forgives you. For and here's the funny thing, because we were up there on Mother's Day, and I was driving crazy, and, and uh, she's like, oh, that some things never change. <laughs> and, uh, and I almost wanted to bring up that story because I was with my son and my nephew, and uh, that was long before then. But that was uh, that was a fun night. We actually drove home with um, headlights. Headlight pointing up at the overpasses. That was funny. Yes. yes. And we were, uh, I was so scared that my mom was just going to beat me with a hanger when I got back. Um, but no, I, she actually, the first thing she did was ask us if we were okay. I'll never forget that because that, and the reason I remember that specifically is because you're like, man, I, man, I, I if your mom gets mad at me. That's fine. But she, the first thing that comes out of her mouth better be, are you guys okay? And I remember she was in bed when we got back and we went in and told her that we had wrecked her car. And she, the first thing she said was, are you all right? And I remember thinking, oh good, he's not going to get mad because she ripped his head off her um, I have always thought and still to this day is I think Martin taking him with us saved our Why is ass. that? 
because because he could back up the truth because we told the truth like we oh, literally okay. did not we True. did not guys we did not lie at all uh it was no uh, we were straight up and sucked, martin martin corroborated our story and he's a grown man and an honest man and a quiet man so he's believing. I mean, and he's sitting there the whole time, man, in the car, like when uh, this is happening. I bet you, I would love to find that dude and just to see if he remembers any of that. Oh gosh! Oh, I bet uh, he does. All right, TK Doughboy, ninety-seven, the accident on Federal Boulevard on the way to a adults men's club, totaled my mom's Honda. This is right at the end of November, right around Thanksgiving in 97. We actually came down to Denver that uh, Thursday for Thanksgiving. We came to my aunt's house, uh, who lives in North Glen. We came down here to Denver to spend the day Thanksgiving. And later on that night, we headed home. When we got home, I remember my mom opening the mail and she found a letter addressed to me from the district attorney's office in Fort Collins. She opened it up and in the letter were two felony four warrants for my arrest for the sale of marijuana. My mom looks at me with a complete surprise look on her face and she's like, Travis, what is this? And I said, I have no idea. I don't know what that is. And at the time we had a roommate, Casey, who was actually a felon who was out on parole and he was supposed to be going to see his parole officer and he actually skipped out. So they issued warrants for his arrest so he would go back to prison. So now here I have two felony warrants for my arrest because now they want to send me to prison. So do you remember this story, though? So I do remember that because I thought I was yes. going to go down too because we were all so deep into that. Um, that could have went anywhere. You know, there's a lot of directions that could have went, um, but I feel like it went the right direction. Um, what I mean by that is, I feel like you took the absolutely. Rap you, did. you did, you know, you yes, I do. I remember that vividly. And uh, there was no finger pointing. Uh, that no was all me. Oh yeah, <laughs> making jokes about snacks, little Debbie. Ha, <laughs> funny. So a quick 30 second rewind about how this story happened. When we were living on the lake, in the lake house um, in Loveland, I had befriended this guy. Um, he was a graffiti artist. He went by the graffiti name Sketch. And he came to me one night during the season of living at the house and said, hey man, I've got this good friend who lives up the Buckhorn Canyon. Uh, he only comes down to town um, every so often. So he needs a large amount of marijuana because he has a lot of customers up there and he doesn't like to drive back and forth. What can you do? Now, I wasn't dealing per se large amounts at the time. I could get my hands on decent amounts, but my whole thing was I was just hooking people up so I could get free weed. Well, so long story short, I ended up hooking this guy up and a large sale. Well, large it was sale. a quarter pound the first time, and then the second time it was a half pound. Um, and to be honest, like neither time that I did it for him, I felt like comfortable. I, 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 in fact, the first night we asked him, you know, are you a cop? And he said, Nah, man, I'm just, you know, I'm I don't live in town. Whoop de woo, this and that. In fact, he was an undercover police officer for the Loveland Police Department. And more importantly, um, they were looking for somebody to bust uh, for for Sketch because Sketch was looking at a 10-year sentence. And the DA told him, you bring us somebody that's a moving you know, weight, then uh, we'll take some of your time off. So he set me up um, on this sting. And one of the craziest parts about that story is that the second time I met with this undercover was by myself. And... 
you know, I thought I was. You remember in, that cop's name? Uh, Todd. You know, his name was, I don't remember his real name, but his, his uh, undercover name was Todd. Gotcha. And that's because that's Uncle Todd's. That's how I remember that. But um, the second time that I met with him, real quick, we're sitting in the old Fort Collins, our old uh, King Supers in Loveland, right there off of 29th and uh, 287. And I was waiting for the guy that I was dealing um, at the time with to show up and so I'm telling Todd this fabricated story about how me and a group of friends had gone to Denver the previous weekend and rolled this coke dealer for like two keys of coke and like three grand of cash and like pistol whipped him and we're, I, I just come up with this complete fabrication of a story right telling this guy this story well lo and behold when I went to court that for when I was when I finally turned myself in so fast forward to 97 this happened in like uh, early 96 so over a year I've been under indictment. I was on the run for six uh, six months. Um, we moved into the Laporte house, and um, that's when it really started getting interesting. Because when I got this letter for that incident that had happened in Loveland in '96, now it's November '97. I've got this letter staring me in the face saying that you are um, under indictment for two felony fours for the sale mayor wanted to an undercover police officer uh, you need to turn yourself in or you're going to be a felon or a, um, a fugitive of the law and I remember right at the time Troy had just left for the Navy uh, we were trying to get a bigger home so my mom had been looking a friend of hers had been living in a, a place out in Laporte and so the friend had, was going to move out of that, that house in Laporte and my mom said, I'll take over the lease. And so we packed up our things and we moved on up. We moved out to Laporte. And that's when it got started getting, I think it started getting real crazy. What do you think? That's when, that's when, um, like we've been talking about party houses. We've been like, what, two and a half years into this party house mentality and it didn't stop and we we just continued the party which there's so much content to cover uh in the laporte house um we had drunken nights we had parties every weekend we had oh man it was crazy uh, we had a live band room. Uh, we had a live band play outside a switchback was starting to really take off and uh there was just so much craziness so i think we should Save that until next time. Uh, yeah, that's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. You were listening to the TKA Brigade. I'm your host, TK, with my good friend and co-host on this series, Mr. Doughboy. We'll see you next time for the good, the more of the good stuff. This is when it starts to get oh, really good. <laughs> I mean, if you've liked what you've heard so far, I think you're going to continue to want to listen because just so much stuff and to be honest um you know jumping back and forth in the timeline so much has already happened in the two and a half years that we have been talking about and yet we didn't even scratch the surface there's so much that we didn't talk about so more than likely we'll probably do some rewinds and talk about some things that have to do with other things that correlate and or memories that we remember I mean, it's just a lot. So it's a lot to unpack, but I'm excited. I know Chris is excited. So we are going to uh, wait until next week to move forward. We will hopefully have a special guest on next week. We'll see. But you got to tune in to find out. 
You are listening to the TKA Brigade. I'm your host, TK, and I'm excited to see how we continue to unpack our life, me and Doe and the rest of us that uh, are a part of it. So again, tune in, Anchor, Spotify, you can find TK's A Brigade. Go like and subscribe, share it.